The Dagger Isles is a name given to the southern archipelago between Severos and Deruvia. The name is violent, painting the entire region as hostile for no reason other than a geographical separation from His Majesty's Imperium. But the people of the Isles refer to it as the Banwa, the grave of the Sky Father. Slain by his own wife, the Sky Father fell and formed the shape of the archipelago as his corpse hit the ground. This was long before the Cataclysm, and perhaps living within a grave is what allowed the Daggerites to continue to thrive, as the world itself became one mass grave. The Banwa's grim creation story may leave one surprised at the lack of specters within the dense jungles of the Dagger Isles, though this does not mean an easy ride for a linebolt passing through. on a train this is a podcast an actual play podcast where we play ghost lines an rpg by jonathan harper or maybe just john harper i don't know if it's short for jonathan <laughs> uh i'd like to welcome back any returning passengers and to uh thank anybody who's choosing to travel with us for the first time <laughs> why are you doing this uh i am your conductor greg why? i uh, run the game he's like leaning into the mic like an asm artist I don't. I didn't know that was a phrase. I I only learned it from writing Midsummer. <laughs> anyway, yes. Hello, I'm Hannah. Uh, I play Andrew Anderson, owner of several knives. I'm guy. I play Pip, uh, noted ASM fartist. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Honestly, I deserve it. <laughs> I'm Stefan. Uh, I play Drix and. Ow. Just, that's all I got. Just ow. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, here we are. Uh, the Pride of Duskwall. The Pride of Duskwall is a nine-car uh, locomotive of the electrified Imperial Railways. The uh, mighty locomotive boasts a contemporary design, with the exception of uh, its front, which has a light powered by uh, a proper coal furnace rather than the electrified lightning oil that most other technology runs off of, which spews out occasional bursts of fire and smoke in a manner reminiscent of a mustache, if you, like, look at trains and are like, ah, that train's got a face! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which, you know what? You probably did as a kid. Let's take you back to that We've all done it. That's how the movie Cars happened. That's how... I thought you were going to say that's how Thomas the Tank Engine happened. Oh, no. I guess that, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's also how cars happen, but for cars. Um, But this is a train. I think there were trains in cars. (laughs) Probably somewhere. It was a long series. Hmm. You know what? Let's not not get too crazy. The Pride of Duskwall is currently (laughs) getting set to depart from Mistport on the Isle of Eruvia. They will cross over the Dagger Isles on a non-stop trip up to Thorn. So it'll be passing through Irondale in Severos and ending up on Thorn, coastal city of Severos. But before any passengers are allowed on, as a freight is getting loaded up by big machines, um, what would normally be done by maybe dramatic crate apparatuses are instead done by the massive 22-30 foot tall hulls. The Sualim, the bronze giants, big robots piloted by ghosts. Uh, yes. So we love big robots. We love big robots. We are a fan. <laughs> you don't have to convince me on that one. So who arrives first? I like the idea that Pip is still drinking. All right, drinks then. For once. Okay. Stefan, we're volunteering you. That's fair. All right. Stefan, please describe Drix as you enter the office car a little surreptitiously. The uh, the Sualim, they regard you, but like, as we learned from the last layover, uh, you've got that that badge, you're part of Ministry of Preservation. They're like, oh, yep, there he is. Like, you're, you're a co-worker, you should be here. Okay. Drix, he steps in the car. He's a tall, dark, handsome. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously handsome. Obviously handsome. Uh, yeah, he is a tall, dark, severosi man with black, curly hair. And protagonist voice. 
Of course, gotta have that protagonist voice. He's, like, pretty tall. He's decently buff. Uh, he's got, like, you know, a bit of a barrel chest. And he's in his downtime clothes right now, so he's got, like, a loosely fitted, like, white shirt with a vest over it. A belt buckle that says ye on the front. And then he's wearing, like, some loose slacks with some boots with some spurs. Boots with the spurs. With the spurs. The whole club was looking at her. <laughs> Yeah, Drix, you hit the floor. Uh, the office car of the Pride of Duskwall is in the back half of the locomotive. It has a large desk with an ashtray that is used by Candace, the conductor of the train, conductor slash owner of the train, and your direct boss. The walls are surrounded by all sorts of secret compartments and puzzle locks and things. Uh, information to open which, some of which is in Candace's head, some of which gets uh, telegraphed over along the lines to Candace to be able to pay you without the training to stop like at ministry locations every single goddamn time. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you you uh, your feet touch on the weird stained corner that nobody talks about, but that is not a mystery Oof. that you are prepared to solve right now because this is a different mystery. Yeah, Drix is looking around the room. He briefly glances at the corner just because he did have a theory last time that maybe, just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But he doesn't seem to see any seams or anything in the walls nearby, so he kind of he kind of is like, maybe the body's not in here. <laughs> so he like starts glancing around the room trying to figure out like what happened to Hecla. Yeah, I think uh I'm trying to think of like any evidence that would be left behind, and the answer is of course nothing. <laughs> um I think the fact that there is nothing is like what's kind of eerie. Yeah. Like, there doesn't seem to be any signs of a struggle. He saw the knife earlier, before he got off the train, but beyond that, it's like Hecla was never here. Nothing was ever here. But there is one thing out of place. He can see a blinking light on the spirit box. Spirit box. A device that we occasionally use for anybody who sends in uh, voice uh, suggestions. Send in voice suggestions, either at our old anchor link for that, or um, if you... (laughs) can send it on over any suggestions, voice or otherwise, to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com. But yes, that allows one to replay notable events uh, within an area of the ghost fields. The train's ghost fields, the invisible to the naked eye layer of reality that ordinarily people can attune to with their own minds to perceive raw. The spirit box allows for safe uh, observation. Oh, there's a joke about raw somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> find it. Find it. You got this. Nah, nah. I love going into the ghost field raw. I don't know. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Hannah likes to raw the ghost field. Um, <laughs> anyways. There it is, I guess. <laughs> it's cool. It's anyways. Cool. We'll figure it out later. We'll put it in post. We won't put it no, in post. No, we won't. No, we won't. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, important thing is, uh, yes, the spirit box light. I think considering our level of technology, the spirit box, from like the start of one line to the start of the next line, it will do two things. It can press onto its spiritual record, almost like a vinyl record, the events that occurred uh, within the ghost field, and it has a maximum capacity. If there's been no like note left for a suggestion, or like if there's no reason to look at it, Candace would just be like, "Oh well, okay, time to clear it." So we've got a whole another line's worth. You're here before Candace, though, far earlier, and she has not yet cleared it. Drix understands the function of the spirit box, having answered uh, questions from it. So yeah, I think I think a, a plan for, starts to hatch in uh, Drix's head. Who shows up next? Uh, Andrel could come. Describe Andrel as she enters the office car. Uh, Andrel is a young woman, the girl, she's 13. I, I always get that wrong. <laughs> cause, cause, cause you're a whole, you're a grown ass woman. I am a, I am a grown ass woman, women. Um, but Andrel, Andrel is a young girl, 13 years old, copper skinned Aruvian, dark, messy hair, very short and boyish. Victorian orphan clothes, so like a little ratty uh, shirt and vest, and mischievous eyes. Did I guess we agreed to meet at the office car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. that's it. That's what we agreed. 
one of the Sualim briefly stops to uh, delicately toss your hair and gives you a thumbs up. Uh, it's you can tell it's it's Ekimosa I, who you helped escape. <laughs> I give Ekimosa a thumbs up back. And then yeah, you go into the office car as he keeps on loading. Adrix. Uh, hey, Andrew. Hey, you already surveyed the place? Looking around a bit, can't really find anything, and ain't that weird. Yeah. Drix, there's a sniffing noise near your feet, oh. uh, and you feel uh, the wet nose and whiskers, and when I say whiskers, I mean mustache, <laughs> of Jiminy the Dorg, a hairless, dog-like creature with uh, two legs in back and one leg in front, no hair on his body except for a handlebar mustache. Jiminy is sniffing around, sniffing around Drix's feet, sort of between where Drix and Andrel are standing. No, Jiminy, Jiminy. Okay, remember, task number one is finding some kind of evidence, something so we can help figure out what happened to you, what happened here. Task two, if you see any more knives, I would like that. (laughs) If you do a good job, Jiminy, I'm going to scritch her real good. Jiminy stands at attention. Like Scooby fucking do. Uh, <laughs> sniffs again, and there's, a, there's like a little circle at like a random spot. A couple steps into the room, but like otherwise nondescript. No knives, damn. No knives, but Jiminy's doing like a little circle and sniffing. Alright. Huh. Yeah. Well, nothing, nothing exactly. Yorp, 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 yorp. Yorp, yorp, what are you, oh. what have you the, uh, the mention of nothing exactly, Jiminy is giving like a, a more intense yorp, yorp. Oh. Sniffs and does a little circle at that spot again. Did something happen at this spot, you think? Yorp! Alright, thank you, Jiminy. You can stop yorping. We have been alerted to the spot. Jiminy, Jiminy gives a, a quick little... And gives a little, like, nip. Like, a, a, a nip that doesn't break skin at Drix. Alright, alright. Here, Here's your scritches. Oh, who's a good... Who's a good door? You're a good door. That's... <laughs> oh, man. I, I love this little guy. He's a good boy. Now, uh, and Drix, like, runs his fingers over the spot that, uh, Jiminy pointed out. We could try and attune to the ghost field, maybe? Or we could check the spirit box (laughs) and have it do that for us. (laughs) That is easier. I think this is about when Pip shows up. Mm, Nope. No? I'll tell. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when. I'm getting cued in. Okay. God damn. Okay. Everybody else got cued in. <laughs> Should we wait for Pip? <sighs> Probably. Candace might be here any second. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, true. Voice of God. Thank you. Well, thank, you thank guys. You, you guys. You guys just know that if Pip is late to meet up with you. Yeah, Pip could be drunk, hungover in some alley, and if he's late, then Candace will get here and wipe this thing. All right. Let's play it then. I appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> You, you, <laughs> you, you, you tell me it's not Joking. deserved. <laughs> the, uh, the spirit box begins to crackle easy blue, showing some uh, events of the line. You zip through them and uh, slow down. Okay, Mr. Walker picks his nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you get to the part where Hecla walks in. Hecla enters... Mr. Walker stares up at her with barely a moment's hesitation. You watch as she throws her knife, and it's halted in the air by some mysterious power. Clatters to the floor, and Mr. Walker says words in a voice that belongs to his body and yet is not his own. Sister Hecla, naive assassin, you know, stepping in here, that you have failed in your task in undertaking it. Guy, please describe Pip to me as he's on his way. Pip is a man that one would closer be compared to a rodent or some other vermin. Just kind of greasy, like unkempt. Rat man. Just just a little rat man. Rat boy. Would be tall and like maybe good looking. Maybe like if you put like the effort in, but clearly has not ever. And so is just like, ew. Ew. He's kind of stumbling home with dark circles under his eyes and a bit too much to drink. Yeah, it's it could hardly be called day drinking when you live in a world with no sun. So it is dark and lamplit as ever. With the exception of a- well, not just lamplit, sorry. 
lit by lamps in the buildings and bioluminescence plants throughout. Sexy. A shadow approaches you, Pip, as it enters the light of a nearby fern. You recognize the Salvador Dali mustache and the bald head of Mr. Walker. Pip immediately stands up. Straighter. Mr. Walker, sir. Pip and McKeel, quickly. I, I, I need to know. Know what, sir? He guides you behind some stacks of crates and boxes um, that might be going somewhere or might just be for sale here. But either way, uh, you are somewhat hidden from view. Walker roughly grabs Pip's left wrist. Oh, it pulls a sleeve down to reveal a tattoo of three digits. What are the three digits right now, guy? I think 607. Walker rushes to uh, his, his right arm, pulls down his sleeve, uh, revealing a tattoo on his forearm. Oh. oh. And he looks down at it, and at first he sees the first digit that he has is six, and then he looks to yours, and then he notices that his is 652. He breathes at first what's a sigh of relief, and then he gets sort of a perplexed look on his face. Is there something I can help you with, sir? In a way, you already have, although I suppose if you were to do another favor for me, it could be to speak plainly. Certainly, sir. Do you have any memory of me, Pippin McKeel? Uh... Yes, I, I, I remember you, uh, I remember you taking me off the streets and giving me a, a No, a job. not then. I cannot tell which is a clownish performance and which is perhaps your own memory still resisting. But the fact of the matter is I saw your recognition when I spoke the name Crowl. At the very least... I believe that you recovered some memory of who you were. I'm afraid I don't understand, sir. I, I've always just been Pippin McKeel. I have... Yes, yes, but do you understand what that means now? Do you understand what these tattoos mean? Uh, I'm permission to uh, speak plainly, sir. I have in fact asked for that. Permission granted. You are frightening me, sir. I am frightened. I have recently fulfilled my duty as a walker, allowing the Emperor's will to inhabit me. I am but a vessel. Pippin bolts. The tattoo that I have, as I have come to understand, these digits indicate some sort of distance of the Emperor's will to me, though not by any metric that I could voice or even properly understand. That our numbers do not match, it seems likely that it is not His Majesty for whom you may be a vessel, though this arrangement does indicate that they are close by. Were you inhabited recently? I, uh, I genuinely do not recall. When I asked you if you knew the meaning of these tattoos, this understanding that I have is but a clumsy understanding of uh, observation, correlation. I had an honest question for you of whether you understood. Please, if you can, explain to me what this is, by what mechanism it works. I... I... I I don't rightly know, sir. Well, then, I am sorry to say... If you do not know how it works, and we have no clue who may know, then I fear it might be as Kral declared over the corpses of your family. Only the rats shall remember the will of the McKeels. And he, uh, at that, he seems really frustrated. Yeek. Uh-oh. That's what everyone likes to hear. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe... Does Pip have a reaction that Walker might notice in his own frustration? <laughs> I think Pip is just like shaken, like full-on deer-in-the-headlights. Pip is currently being faced with a lot of traumatic experience, and it's just all crashing down at once, and his his only reaction is to just lock up 
until it passes. I think he might notice the stiffness. Like, as you normally, like, in this conversation, you've been like, oh, well, that's there. But, like, this is, like, stiff. I am terribly sorry, Lakeel. Truly, when I went on to the Pride for this, I merely wished to uh, see that you had encountered Crowl and survived, and maybe through your tattoo or your own abilities, you have seen him and survived the encounter. For that, I am overflowing with gratitude to both the world and your comrades. I am sorry for any pain that my shortness with you might have resulted in. It is it is not often I have had opportunity to question this burden that has been placed upon me looking to his tattoo. You, Pippin McKeel, are the only person, I believe, with whom I may converse about this experience. I remember when I lost sight of you 13 years ago on the Feast of Gratitude. Oh boy. <laughs> Is that Guy or Pip? That was Guy. I cannot rightly say what my life was like before your family. Well, our relationship cannot resemble a typical friendship. You are one of the few familiar faces that I understand as any sort of peer. I believed you dead, along with the rest of your family, and accepted my place as Vessel. I suppose... No, I do not suppose. I did. When I discovered that you had drowned your sorrows in whiskey and flooded your memory with gin, I was similarly frustrated, and my questions would go unanswered. I am merely further frustrated to discover that you were as in the dark as I, with even that cloud burst. I have laid much upon you over a decade of expectations that you were unable to meet twice now, though I unfairly thrust them upon you. You are an excellent line bull, may I say. Of that, I had no expectation. So, I suppose in that sense, uh, you have shown me yeah, I I think now just Pip is waiting. Like, doesn't know how to react. There's so much there. All the trauma and pain that he's tried so carefully to bury. The realization and almost explicit confirmation from Walker. And then, of course, the uh, the feeling of letting someone important to you down. It all just kind of rumbles through his mind, tossing and turning like the waves in the port, never settling. Pip does not know what to say. Perhaps everything that needed to has already been said. Mr. Walker uh, notices Pip still not saying anything. His face darkens, his expression darkens, tilts his head, uh, almost a, a bow, almost a nod. Well, uh, I do believe that it is time for you to continue your journey, and I hope to see you again to perhaps apply a journeyman's edge to your badge. McHugh. Thank you, sir. He gives you a uh, there, there old chap clap on the, uh, the shoulders but like tentatively with great discomfort and then uh, walks away. I think Pip just kind of hangs in that moment for a little bit before scrambling towards the train. Meanwhile, back on the pride of Duskwall. So at, at this moment, Drix and Andril witnessed through the uh, spirit box, crystal clear audio and video of the brief conversation between uh, Walker and Hecla, implying that Walker was inhabited by or the Emperor. And uh, just now, you have watched as the Emperor says, We can speak if you wish, though, in but a moment you will not be much of a conversationalist. A flash of light as Hecla is instantly reduced to a pile of dust. Walker picks up the knife that Drix recognized in his bag untied uh, Booker's badge from it 
held it and uh, softly, so softly, in fact, it's almost like the tears are not coming from Walker's face, but appearing and falling from his eyelids. Walker briefly uh, sheds a handful of tears onto the uh, the badge before putting it uh, and the knife in the bag. Ooh. All right, so a couple off-the-bat thoughts. One, I can't believe we were right. Two, the camera angles on the spirit <laughs> box, super impressive. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three. Ah, it's just a know? projection. It's just a projection. It's the room. Yeah. The camera angle is wherever you're standing. You call it video. There was a real. There was a real sense of cinematography to that. Yep. <laughs> and I think Charoscuro, which is really, which is really hard because it's all one color. I know, right? <laughs> Oh god, should we leave? Is there anything else we have to do here, or should we just go process this in the crew car? I think we should just go process this in the crew car. Okay. <sighs> okay, see, there's this difference between, like, you know, believing you're right, and, like, knowing you're right, and when you know you're right about something like, I don't know, the Emperor could be anywhere in anyone at any time, but probably with some kind of on-the-nose name. <laughs> <laughs> A little nervous. I can't, why would they keep his name that, even if it was originally his name? It just no. feels like a really big hit. It's just—it's such—it's such bait. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe it's just flaunting it. Like clearly, clearly, you can't kill Walker. That that much has been made abundantly, abundantly clear. Okay, I really want to argue with you, but, uh, yeah. At the very least... Not normally. Not normally. Not with what Hecla had. Yeah. Not with knives. Pip, uh, at this point, you arrive. You see Candace was already setting up in the office car. You can see her through the door. Meanwhile, in the, in the crew car, in the bullpen, your companions are sitting talking. I think Pip goes to the the crew car. Hey, hey, Pip. Pip, we just heard some wild stuff. You're not gonna believe this. Well, that makes uh, three of us. Pip has the look of being haunted. Oh goodness. Um, do you do you need do you need a drink? I don't know how to make drinks, but I know where the bottles are. I can make you something. Uh, I I believe me. I think I think I could use one too. Pip goes over to the shelf grabs a whiskey, makes just, like, a neat whiskey in the glass for Drix, and then just, like, tops off the bottle. I'm gonna go order some rat nachos from Greta. I I just threw a tube message. Yeah. The crew car door opens up, and uh, you see uh, Georgie looking at, like, exasperated, but, like, normal, like, woof, another day, another... <laughs> Another day on the job, exasperated. Nothing like what you guys and are like. Everyone here is just like <laughs> the shit we've seen. We were all staring with like a thousand yard stare, just like. <sighs> yep, Georgie the redheaded scoblander, uh, with her uh, dress uniform, plaid skirt, and uh, she she uh, just her little beret. Are you already? Uh, another another D, another couple silver dollars. Oh, it sure is, Georgie. Yeah, we're good. we're good. We're ready. Are you are you all right? Well, I'm a 13 year old and I fight ghosts for a living. So baseline, no. <laughs> all right, but well, I I I was under the impression that you perhaps had worked through this already. Uh, I I, tr- it, it, I trust you with my life. Yeah, no, it comes and it goes though. I just I'll be fine when it comes down to it. I'm just a little stressed at the All right moment. then. Uh, Pip and McKee will be sure not to get uh, all three sheets to the wind before we get started. I was just letting you know that uh, the passengers are showing up, but um, I guess we're all having a having a rough one today. Let me tell you, I overslept a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Georgie, I, I that that must be that must be terrible. I, I'm I'm really sorry. I missed my glass of milk before I went to bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're we're all having a day. Every every one of us. 
All right, then. Uh, well, either way, you just, you just hang tight in here. No, we'll, we'll go look at the customers or the passengers or whatever they're called. Technically both. I, that's true. Yeah, they're, they're both technically both. We'll, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be good. It's, it's one of those days, you know, it's a l- slow start. Slow. I can, I can, I can what you're saying. It's been one of those days for all of us, I'm sure. Uh, and she closes the door. <laughs> <sighs> all right. <laughs> all right, gang. We here at Ghosts on a Train would like to take a moment to bring you this message from our friends at Adventures in Aurelia. Saval's Guild of Adventurers. Many come to train here. Few have the dedication necessary to enter the life of an adventurer. Cities under attack. Lost artifacts uncovered. A king's missing daughter. Evil brewing in the forest. Trouble lurks around many corners. Each for their own reasons, these four individuals have sought out this lifestyle. Follow their stories in the Aurelian epic as they confront their nightmares, decipher their visions, explore new realms, and make the world a better place. These are The Adventures in Aurelia. Listen to this story at adventuresinaurelia.com. That's E-R-Y-L-I-A. Passengers begin to mill on board of the Pride of Duskwall. Pride of Duskwall carries both freight and passengers, because Candace likes to double dip. Please describe any passenger that may stick out to you. Huh. I'm, I'm still dealing with the Grand Revelation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. So, Stefan, you got anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Hannah's thinking. <laughs> You're done thinking, Stefan, I'm sure. I asked if he's done thinking. (laughs) That was the purpose of the question. Okay, I think think we could all use a little bit of mood lightning, so let's go with a- let's let's figure out a nice, goofy passenger. (laughs) Oh, actually, I have an idea. There's a man with around- supported by, like, a harness around his neck. He has an electric keyboard- (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. I do love that. He's just like doing little tiny riffs as he walks in on the electric keyboard. Uh, yeah, what he's actually, what he was doing, uh, it takes you a moment to realize, but he's like, <laughs> you see, now I'm wondering how much I care to do, to do this. Um, <laughs> Poor editing Craig. He's, he's, he's like a sound tracking as he's walking. And then as the door opens, he's like, <laughs> the sound of like the hatch opening. And uh, Georgie's like, uh, Hello there, sir. Welcome to the Pride of Duskwall. I'll gladly take your ticket. And the entire time he's like, <laughs> And she's like, All right. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, all right. Yes, sir. Sir. Uh, can, can you hear me? And then he, he, puts, he pulls out a ticket uh, with a boop boop. And then <laughs> he does like a piano sweep as he hands it over. Like amazing, he's so talented. Where does he go? Passenger car or uh, parlor car? Parlor car. I definitely kind of want to see him play in the hot tub. <laughs> that would be really fun. Yeah, he- Very carefully. <laughs> Not carefully <laughs> enough. Though. <laughs> <laughs> he opens up the, the door and goes to the parlor car. Amazing. What would Next be passenger. really fun for me is if rather than do like keyboard noises, you'd use like a slide whistle instead. I think I think I might just keep the boop boops. Might just keep the, the boop boops. Are pretty good. Uh. Oh God, do I do this joke? I think it's time for jokes. Personally, I love jokes. <laughs> that's why Georgie, Mister Mister Milken, had a silver slap. <laughs> it's just one of those days, you know. <laughs> it is one of those days. I missed my milk. <laughs> uh, there is a a man, a fairly plain. You can tell, like he used to be kind of schlubby. But, like, recently kind of came into his own very muscular, like, lead movie action hero type and, like, but the ones that, like, you know, get the snappy one-liners and such. 
They they probably did like some voice acting roles a little bit, maybe. Uh, I mean, badly. Badly. <laughs> Except for one about I, the children's toys. That one was surprisingly good. Is that is that? I, our fella? I think that's our fella. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, on the on his luggage, it just says uh, Chris P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he walks over uh, and he says. Uh, Hello! <laughs> I knew it was coming it's and I still me. wasn't ready. <laughs> it's me, a passenger at Chris. <laughs> and um, Georgie's like, Ah, sir, I, I don't know if you can, but um, outside of a couple of, uh, of uh, circumstances, uh, when you buy your ticket, I don't know who's, who's already got it. Your ticket, <laughs> your ticket has your name on it, sure, but I, I, I didn't have a list. And he says... Oh, okay. Mamma mia. Made a bit of a fool of myself there. I, I, I do that too pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> and hands, hands her a ticket. Uh, does he go to the passenger car or the parlor car? I think it's a parlor car. This, this guy is, like, relatively famous. Hey, uh, is that? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think he was. Yeah, huh. Who? Uh, I, I, what? Mr. Mr. Rat. Mm-hmm. Who's Mr. Rat? <laughs> no, wait, you said it started with a P on the on the suitcase. I can't make the Chris Bratt joke. No, it's just it's fine. Oh. <laughs> this is a disaster. We go with it. Could it. Say, it <laughs> say Crispy on the... <laughs> yeah. His, his name is Crispy. <laughs> it's Crispy Rat. It's Crispy Rat. It's Crispy Rat. <laughs> Yeah, I have, oh I have no idea who this crispy, crispy. What 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 was his name? <laughs> crispy rat. Yeah, um, <laughs> Did he was uh he was um uh Marfield. Marfield? R- really? Marfield. I don't know. He seems he seems like he doesn't really have like the kind of voice I would expect to come out of. Yeah, it 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 was a weird decision. I don't know why they made him Marfield. I also don't know why he's using this voice now because he used a very unaccented voice when he was playing uh, Luigi. Huh. Well, I think this is his natural voice because like he, he used it in the the one drama where it was uh. He was a uh, herding lizards. Oh yeah, the lizard <sighs> park. Right. It's um, one. What was it? Komo- Komodo Isle? Something like that. that. No, it's called Lizard Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Does Drix notice a passenger? Drix does notice a passenger. I think I think everyone notices this passenger because she makes herself known. Oh. <laughs> uh, so so bear with me in the description here, but I want you to imagine someone who walks out slowly with the spotlight on her uh, as the music goes. She's stepping in tune with the imaginary music that is not happening. She's she is Can can a, we hear the imaginary music? We cannot hear the imaginary music, but she certainly <laughs> she certainly moves like there's a beat behind her. <laughs> uh she 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 steps onto the train, does a high kick, or does a high Bam! kick with yep yep yep. You heard, you got the stab just right, uh, and she flips back her like short bob and goes, "I've arrived." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she and the she and the keyboard guy are gonna hang. I hope they hook up. All right, uh, hello there. Let me let me just say your voice is uh, uncomfortably strange and sultry. <laughs> Thank you. I try. Wait, it is Stephen this passenger? I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> he started doing it. That's yeah, what it is. I guess. We're in it now. It's too late. We're in it now. <laughs> it did the I have arrived without thinking, and now we're here. All right. You just get on with it. <laughs> All right, uh, ma'am, are you headed to the parlor car or the passenger car? Well, you see, I I have this ticket for the passenger car, but I was really hoping you could upgrade me. No, 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 <laughs> ma'am, I, 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 I didn't do that. That, that, that. That's not my job. Unless, unless, unless you happen to have a little extra, a little extra coin on you. 
I suppose, I suppose we could just, uh, you know, there's a couple silver pieces difference between the parlor car and the passenger car. Well, I suppose I could be persuaded to grace the passenger car with my presence. <laughs> That's, uh, that'll, that'll, that'll do just fine. And I, uh, she turns with an about face, does like a hip, or does like a hip boom, bounce. Boom, 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 yeah, boom, just boom. a little baseline as she does it. <laughs> sashays down. And then sashays into a parlor, or a passenger car seat. <laughs> You're not getting any music in the effects. We're just getting Greg's mouth. That's sounds. valid. <laughs> Listen, it'd be so hard. To I know. Do it. Oh, oh so absolutely. Hard. I don't blame you. I do not expect you to do it. <laughs> the fact that there is no music is part of the joke. I'm, I'm looking forward to Greg doing the uh, doing like acapella jazz, like just just scatting this for like three minutes. <laughs> So, with that, all the passengers are aboard, and um, Trevor makes his announcement as the train gets ready to depart. Pride of Dusqual heading nonstop towards Thord Severos. Pride of Dusqual heading straight through Irondale all the way to Thord in Severos. All aboard! And um, the Pride of Dusqual lets out a jet of fire and smoke from its mustachioed front and begins to move! I was just about to say what a quirky and likable cast of characters we have this time. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. But the mood in the crew car is not very dour. <laughs> so you guys can keep talking. So, yeah, Mr. Walker, is you were right about him being a vessel? The Emperor really is a series of clothes. Yup. <laughs> Believe me, I, I'm I'm as shocked that we were right as you are. I didn't expect to be right. Truly, truly, you know how sometimes you say things like, "Let's fight a demon on the train," and then you, right? <laughs> and then you fight a demon on the train, and you're completely yeah. blindsided that that was a real thing that could have happened. Well, that's this. We were just doing a bit. <laughs> wide open thing but now we have to do it <laughs> yeah i think i think now we do have a responsibility to actually blow this whole thing wide open you did kind of speak into being yeah uh, <laughs> i should talk less i won't but <laughs> I, I i get that I, the... but yeah um mr walker vaporized hecla with with brain powers, I guess. Also, he started talking in a voice that was not his own. It was very dramatic. Yeah, it kind of it kind of was like what you did with the hollows when you in the church. Not like the vaporizing thing, but the talking with a different voice thing. I I think this is where I get to do a fun bit, and I don't think Pip remembers doing that. He he looks confused. Uh, have you locked it out of memory? Because uh, I think you did briefly think about it at the layover during the pub trip. I, 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 like that's cool if you did. I just want to make sure that you remember that. Uh, how to put this? I don't think the knowledge of that flows freely to Pip. It's like there is a sluice gate where sometimes it lets in a little bit. And sometimes it does not. And I don't know if this knowledge is being currently kept from Pip, but he he remembers the reverberations from the hollows. I don't think he remembers the actual action of talking to them and, like, commanding them. You, you did it. You've done it a couple times. You did it with Jamie, too. Remember, Drix? Yeah. You were there for that when His he... His voice got all wiggly, right? Yeah. Wiggly how? Well, it kind of like... I can't do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I just... Mr. Walker's been following me for a long time. And I didn't realize that. He's apparently been keeping an eye on me since, uh... Since, uh... Since I lost my family. That long? And he's, uh... He knows that the Emperor takes control. But he's... 
he's separate from them. Like he's he's not actually the emperor, but he's also got one of these. And Pip like rolls his sleeve up. But mine is different, so I'm I'm connected to somebody else. There's there's more here than just oh Pippin McKeel. Drix is gonna examine his arm. He wants to he wants to see if he can recognize like magic in it. Also, Greg, um, mm-hmm. the the magic that like the Emperor uses, he would recognize it as human human magic, correct? Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Um, you pr- so for him, it's effortless, uh, and there's no transfer of power because it's all coming from within him. But yes, uh, I think I think Drix knows that was human magic. Okay. And, and the, the magicians, the magicians uh, always talked about how uh, the immortal emperor uh, keeps the lion's share of human magics to for himself mm-hmm. uh, somehow. I have a question for Greg. When Drix examines the the number, has it changed at all since last time? Uh, yes. Cool. Interesting. Seems to be tied to proximity, but Drix wouldn't know this. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, uh, roll me an insight, Drix. Uh, yeah, you know what? Fair enough. You, you are equipped to roll an insight on this. It now reads 535. Pulling out my magic dice. Do, 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 do. Pulling out your magic dice. Magic dice. Magic dice. Bendel and Harmonium have yet to fail me, so we're gonna go with those. They have officially failed me. That would be a five. <laughs> well, you get one question. One question right now. What should I be on the lookout for? Ooh, with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll say, I'll tell you this in a less sinister sense. So here's the thing that only the most eagle-eared listeners will remember. The physiker was like, hey, there's like a demonic presence in the tattoo, but like Pip is not a demon. Drix, this tattoo, the ink from it is uh, partially demon blood, probably a mixture of like Leviathan and some other things to use to ink it. Uh, meaning the tattoo, in a sense, is still living like a leviathan and that's probably why the digits move around that is not something you need to look out for that is safe the process by which it moves uh however i think you are able to turn out that this is uh the display function of it the display function of it is showing some metric of distance but what what metric is like some like sacred geometry that you like can't quite grok on your own here? But if the digits were to ever be uh, like nine nine nine, that would mean that Pippin McKeel, uh, at least for now, has left the building entirely, and whoever this is is fully there. Okay, so as as they go up, uh, less Pip, more more this presence. As they go down, more this presence, or more Pip, less this presence. Well, it's it's like not that simple mm-hmm. because they always add up to thirteen if you just add them. Gotcha. Up. That's that's the secret. You you know that like these three digits represent some sort of weird sacred coordinate system. If if all three of them are nine, that is like this position where Pippin is. Okay. That's like you 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 can't grok what any other meaning really. What's the difference between five three five and and um, yeah yeah yeah? Uh, was it six zero seven? You couldn't really figure that out without a lot of study, but you know for sure 999 means complete superposition of, of Pip. Okay. Alright. Well, what I can tell you is, uh, you kind of got a cocktail of demon blood and leviathan parts that kind of acts like, uh, how to, how to put this, like, like, think, 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 think of it like a gateway. Oh, good. Yes. It can tell you where you are in relation to this thing, but I have no idea how exactly to pinpoint it. What I can tell you is if it hits triple nines, it is you. It is it is on top of you. Like you and it won, which is probably what happened to Walker. Cool, great, lovely, because I, I have such a, an easy time opening it up already. Well, I guess you don't have to try and open up to it, because it'll just be you when you want to be. So that, that, that'll that be easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate the uh, 
The vote of confidence, Look, I suppose. Pip, you did it. the right thing <laughs> telling us. We're your friends and we can help you, at least in some ways. Can we also go back to the fact that the Emperor was here on the train and vaporized a nun? Yeah. <laughs> that is the thing that happened, yes. Is, is he vaporized? What's... <laughs> How? She was a pile of dust at the end of it. So it's, it's not very moist, so it's probably not vaporized. <laughs> we, do have a, we do have a bit of a plus side, though. We know the Emperor can't sense magic. Otherwise, he would have... Do we? How, how so? If, 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 if he could tell that magic had been performed on this train, he probably would have confronted us about it. Yeah. He said he had a whole... whole honestly... Not not to be disrespectful to the most powerful being in existence, but it was a little overwrought. Uh, the monologue about how if this was my real body, you wouldn't be able to gaze upon me. So, like, presumably he's less powerful when he's another person. Or maybe he's just less ugly. <laughs> he's a magnificent mustache. Mr. Walker is, like, not not handsome. Yeah, yeah. I see exactly what you're talking about. Okay, well, we'll learn some things. Wait, hold, hold on. You, you said he couldn't sense magic. When did... When was the magic? Uh... Oh, he was here. Oh, did I not tell him? No, 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 you did. I think Drix is referring to the spell that we cast before he came. I say we. The spell that Drix cast before he came... Uh, to help Gafel. Oh, right, right. Oh, I kind of expected there to be, like, a little bit more of a, a gap. Did, how, how long does that leave, like, residue? Greg? <laughs> Considering the fact that the old Severosi magician was able to detect your spell work upon Gafel. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that depend- the level of spell that you put there, it did stick around at least for the entirety of the train ride mm-hmm. up until you guys got to irondale mm-hmm. yeah walker got on board while you were in irondale so it's there was definitely spell residue there would have been a little stank left around well at least when walker was getting on the train i guess we don't know when he was walker and when he was mr emperor so mm-hmm. i suppose that's true or is he always both i don't really know yeah <laughs> Pip seems to usually just be Pip, though. Yeah. Oh, hold on. So, was Heckler's Heckler's job maybe wasn't to kill the to kill Walker, but like the Emperor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she knew that the Emperor was on this train somehow. She she explained that like she could feel his presence, right? So uh, so well, you guys who saw the the recording. The the Emperor says that he kept his awareness close to Walker because he sensed Booker in the badge. Or as he put it, my own ancient companion, or at least a piece of him within that trinket, the badge. So I think you guys can kind of put that together. She does say she has a badge and that she can feel... Or I don't think she tells us she can feel like what she needs towards the train, but she does say that she has a badge to us. I do remember that. And the Emperor recognized it, so maybe both ways. So... Does, does that mean that our badge is maybe doesn't see like us as like people, but he can see our badges? Ah, what a good on-the-nose metaphor! Ah. <laughs> Whoever's writing this universe, <laughs> wow, <laughs> sure as a mind. Wow. <laughs> Everyone, go to Twitter and say, "Hey, good job, Greg." <laughs> He'll, he'll respond to each one with a patting himself on the back gif. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to throw a party for you <laughs> about this great piece of writing that yep. you made. <laughs> uh, I don't like that. The guy who made my... The, the Dunville sucked, apparently. Did you guys know that? I mean, I guess I could have guessed it. But still disappointing. There's a whole prison camp named after the guy. Ooh. Ooh. That's not great. Yeah. I'm trying not to think about what you have to do in order to get a prison camp named after you. Yeah. Maybe he was, he was named that because he was like, 
he, he broke out his famous for I doubt. I do not think that is what happened. Yeah, I feel like if you name a prison after, like, a person who broke out of it, it kind of creates this <laughs> expectation that anyone can break out of it and then get <laughs> yeah, their name. that seems like asking <laughs> for trouble. Change to the prison name. There's the crackling noise of an announcement. Uh, attention passengers, we shall be uh, stopping briefly for uh, an upcoming bridge across uh, one of the islands to uh, drop. This stop shall be brief, but we thank you for your patience as we slowly cross the bridge. And the train begins to slow to a stop. Do you guys think we need to help with that? We probably should make sure it is. Let's go see Trevor! Uh, honestly, I just want to, like, do something so I don't have to think about the things that I'm thinking about. That is fair! Let's go see Trevor! Yeah, you know, it'll sure. it'll be good to see our buddy Trev. Trevor! Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just imagining the Oprah, like, <laughs> the Oprah arm movements to go with that. Oh, that was not what I was going to <laughs> So you guys head into the passenger car. The woman there uh, is sort of, like, slightly sashaying to uh, invisible don't it's a slow ride. Mr. Mount Claremont uh, looks outside as the train slows to a stop. That was a percussion joke. There's there's bioluminescent plants. The cloud of mist, uh, the amnesia mist, has passed through. So there's just the typical sort of Deathlands fog, which is still obscures things somewhat. Which still obscures things somewhat. But you can get a, a better view of the land. The series of, of islands of the Dagger Isles, uh, impenetrable to most Imperial forces lit up in the night by uh, bioluminescent plant life. Yeah, you guys go into the parlor car. Georgie lets you through. Yeah, you see sitting in the hot tub, the piano guy uh, with like an old timey bathing suit, but like the pianos, uh, <laughs> the, pia- the, key- the keyboard uh, is like up out of the water and he's just giving a soft like <laughs> like mirroring like the the bubbles the of bubbles. the hot tub good for him and then um crispy rat goes into the um hot tub and the the keyboard person's like <laughs> like he like he does a little like sound effect with, like this little splash he walks in and uh crispy rat's like ah yes i get it <laughs> ah yes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you guys head through the dining car. We use wild to hear actors speaking accents that they don't do in, you know. Greta gives you guys a wave. The, the chef in the dining car. She is a short-haired, muscular, uh, scoblander woman with sick tattoos and piercings. And at the moment, she is preparing some lasagna. Yeah, Let's go. But it's like Shattered Isles lasagna. So it's like the tomatoes are like purple. That's definitely rat meat and, like, goat cheese. <laughs> Disgusting. I love it. Yeah. One day we're really going to have to write that cookbook. <laughs> well, somebody already did. At least a Duskwall cookbook. Mm. It's really good. Um, you could find it on the Blades in the Dark website. It's, for the most part, written entirely, like, in-universe. Like, use eel. And then at the end, it's like, if you find yourself outside of Duskwall, <laughs> you can substitute any kind of fish for eel. This is, like, and then at the end, it's like, here's the substitutions you can make to actually make these recipes. What if I really wanted to use eel, <laughs> though? Eel is delicious. Eel is good. Uh, up to you. But, like, but the instructions are like, make sure it's dead. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's just good advice. That is just good advice. Mm-hmm. But yes, I don't remember who made it. Um, I'm sorry, I've only looked at it the once, but it's really great. You go to the locomotive. You see uh, the train is very slowly going onto this bridge that's lowering. There's a couple of uh, dagger isles, uh, trading boats. Unusual to your eyes, uh, as they are sort of made of multiple canoes on the bottom of what would be the main hull on like a, a normal Akarosi ship, as far as your limited boat knowledge goes, like on top of those canoes. We do trains, we don't do boats. Yeah, but they're they're just dutifully waiting as you pass over the bridge. Trevor's like, oh, hey guys, what's hey. up? No, we just wanted to make sure there wasn't anything we needed to help with. Oh, I mean, we're just kind of going slowly over a bridge. If you want to take a look up top, like, that's, uh, that's your prerogative. I look at my compatriots uh, i mean I, I wouldn't mind getting some not so fresh air let's, let's go topside sure you know sometimes uh you just gotta follow your gut love my gut we we dress in as normal gang 
Yep. Yep. Okay. So that means spider for Andrew, rook for Drix, anchor for Pippin. You guys head up top, and as you're slowly crossing this bridge, the nine-car train. It's been a while since we added a car. It has been a while. It has been a while since we added a car. I usually only do it when people give us suggestions. So if you, yes, you, listener, want to hear about another train car that will radically change the gameplay of Ghosts on a Train, uh, send an email to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com. Preferably, like, it, you know, we like to do, like, a little in-character bits. You don't, it doesn't have to be in-character. <laughs> we'll have fun with it either way. Talk to us, please! Talk to us, please. I'm gonna call out Joe. Joe, give us a car. Yes, yeah, so you guys head up top. So, there is splashing coming from behind you. Many tiny splashes. Oh, it better not be that big water monster again. We bottled it. Maybe it's the brother? Or sister, I don't know. Or the sibling. As the splashing approaches, I don't know how you react. Maybe you like ready some hooks. Maybe you're like just getting defensive. It's That's all right. They're clearly not ghosts. Ghosts, at least without a ghost field or using technology like uh, the owl goggles. You guys usually perceive them as kind of like hazy, uh, amorphous at times. These are solid creatures. And at first flush, they look like several women swimming through the ocean. Are they hot? Yeah, they're pretty hot. Um, <laughs> but as they, uh, they they get close to the train and you hear like the sounds of people pressing their faces to the windows, the traders on the ship uh, just sort of like shake their heads and like go below decks. As the these swimming women approach, you notice their hands are oddly shaped as though uh, webbed between fingers. Note a lack of legs among them. Our visual acuity is stunning. Yes. Very hot. Well, visual acuity is stunning, and it's also the Deathlands fog you notice around you. The Deathlands fog itself is clearing, and you can see beautiful, long, uh, fish-like tails instead of legs. Mermaids! Mermaids. But the evil kind, maybe. Mermaids. Call you right now. Common in Eruvian myth, like the Eruvian tales that Andril has heard, the Anva, they're called. They are the daughters of the sea demon Satara, slash sea witch. Granted, of course, sea witch and sea demon, this is Eruvia, so it's just a statement of what she is. It's not, like, bad. In the myth that Andril read, and the rest of our listeners hopefully had, the uh, Anva, or who, uh, Helped spirit the burned king away uh, into the ocean. Girl bosses. Girl bosses. Mm-hmm. Are we about to get gaslight gatekeeped? And they're making the Deathlands fog clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like going around speaking in Hadrathi, but like a weird old kind. A lot of giggling noises, greetings and such. A couple of them like like press their faces to the, the windows. One of them sprays a little bit of water at Andrew. I mean, it doesn't look like they're hurting anyone. We can we can probably just leave them, right? I don't, do I know what that means? Child. I'm child. Andrew nods. Beautiful, beautiful child. Uh, <laughs> can I say thank you in Hojapi? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. They think I'm pretty. They laugh. Um, <laughs> they start to wave. The fog is it's starting to roll back in, but for a brief moment, it was it was nice. That uh, was unless, nice. Unless Drix and Pippin want to do something as well. I, I think Pip is sort of just taking this in. Also, like, historically, water bad. Especially when you're in, like, electrified suit. So, mm-hmm. a little, little kind of cautious, hesitant. Drix? Drix is like... He's, he's in kind of, like, awe. He, he usually figures, like, we'll, what we'll encounter in the Deathlands will be, like, a little more openly hostile, but also, like, a little less, like, together than these guys. They look they look a little too, like, solid, if you know what he means. So he's, like, really on guard. Yeah. Angel's having fun! After a while, they, they pass by. You notice as the Deathlands fog comes up where they passed by the stars at the bottom of the void sea they also sort of shake and shiver in joy as the the mermaids pass by but then it all starts to calm as the fog rolls in the pride of duskqual slows to a stop last three cars still on the bridge that's usually not great angel ducks her head back into the train and goes 
Well, no. Are we above the... What are you we can be above wherever you want. You're walking on top of the train. Can I be above... Uh, you, can, you can walk wherever you were. You walk over to the top of wherever you can go. All right. <laughs> I'd like to be on top of the engine car. Um, and I'd like Locomotive, yeah. Locomotive, yeah. Trevor! <laughs> Why? You see... Looks like he's taking a little nap, leaning against an open window. Oh, this seems bad. The Deathlands fog does begin to slowly walk back in. Oh, that seems real bad. Uh, <laughs> can I jump down and close the window? Sure. You extra crit uh, his arm. It's a little moist. All right, I close the window and then I slap him across the face. Full open palm or backhand? Yeah. No, full open palm. Slap him. No response. God damn it. Guys, Trevor's unconscious! Uh, okay. Is he, is he at least wearing pants? Yes! The the window was open, the fog was getting in. Oh, we should check the other cars. Yeah, good idea. And we'll do that check next time on Ghosts on a Train. <gasps> Yay! Yay! We're back! Woo! That's right, I bet you thought I bet you thought this line wasn't gonna have stuff. No, you probably thought it was going to have a lot of stuff. thought that yeah. the line was going to have stuff. <laughs> uh, bye. 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 See ya. Pride of Pasquale is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. All of our music by Sebastian Black. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, a.k.a. Drix, badge name Colburn, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin, Pip, McKeel, badge name McKeel, played by me, Guys Webel. And I have been your conductor, Greg Corobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. Your support will help our podcast, as well as the others on the network. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train and I'll have Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us and please consider traveling with us again next time. This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours. 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 yours Faustian yours, Nonsense yours, thanks yours, you for yours, your patronage. Yeah. Just like yours.